You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol. If you are listening for the very first time, you will soon find out that this podcast is all about relationships. It's the this that you were made for. Fulfilling life-giving relationships are what we are all made for. Relationships have the power to lift us, encourage us, and give significant meaning to our lives. At the same time, they can suck the life right out of us and make us want to spend summer afternoons on the couch binge-watching reruns of Gilligan's Island so we don't have to talk with anyone. We want to change that, though, by helping transform our relationships into the best they can be. To that end, we will be drawing upon real-life stories of ordinary people just like you and me. We'll be learning principles and best practices from them that we can put into action in our own relationships. Today, for example, I'm going to share with you a story about a recent funk I was in about my relationships. I was feeling pretty disconnected from people and disappointed in some of them. But that all started to change in a most unusual way because of an unlikely relationship that lifted me out of the funk I was in. My story starts when I first met her. I was 17. She was 43. Quite an age difference, I know. But what attracted me to her was that she was one of the kindest people I had ever met, both then and since. She would smile whenever she saw me. She would laugh at my adolescent humor. She always made me feel comfortable in her home, and she even made meals for me. Though I was not part of her family, she always made me feel like I was. We both knew her daughter was a real reason I stopped over to her house so often, but she was icing on the cake. I later married her daughter, Janet, and then we officially became family. There's a lot of mother-in-law jokes out there, but none of them ring true for me. How about for you, Carol? Can you think of any mother-in-law jokes that ring true for you? No? Well, that's good. My mother-in-law, Elda, evokes nothing but appreciation for how she has blessed my life. I've known her since I was in 11th grade. When Janet and I eventually married and then became parents, with way too little money, Elda's kindness stepped into high gear. She had us over for dinner often, saving us money. She bought our children clothes when we couldn't afford to. She babysat our kids so we could do the things 20-something parents do. Many of our 20- and 30-something friends have no parents nearby to help out with their kids as we did. As I watch their lives, I appreciate Elda's blessing more now than when we received it. I don't know how much longer Janet's mom will be with us. She turned 95 a few months ago and is now in hospice care. She has heart disease on top of the Alzheimer's that has taken much of her mind to another place, but it has not stolen her kindness. She lives in a memory care unit of an assisted living facility, and we've seen her extend kindness to other residents and to the staff who work there. 
A lot of human dignity is lost in situations like this, and we've seen some of her fellow residents lash out at times because of it. But not Janet's mom. In fact, they call her Sweet Elda. She can't remember how to eat or increasingly who her daughter is, but she hasn't forgotten how to smile or how to be kind to people, all of whom are strangers to her. On Mother's Day this year, Janet and I went to visit her mom. What I learned from my relationship with my mother-in-law that day may help you get out of the same funk I was in. Let me tell you what happened. Near the end of our Mother's Day visit, Janet tapped into a lifelong pleasure of her mother's, namely music. She said to her mom, Hey mom, let's sing. So Janet started singing, You Are My Sunshine, and her mother quickly joined in and amazingly enough accurately remembered the lyrics and the melody. All of this brought a smile to Elda's face and brought back to me memories of Elda when her mind was still with us and the blessing that she has been to me. One of my earliest memories of Elda occurred when I was in high school. I was working at a nearby restaurant as a short-order cook, and when I would stop over to see Janet, I would often bring her mother onion rings. And uh, she loved those onion rings, and she was so grateful and kind and Uh, Her eyes would just light up when I would uh, bring these onion rings over, so I always made it a point to bring her some when I went to see Janet. Uh, One time I brought her some chili, too, and she liked chili. I found out, though, the next day she got really sick (laughs) from the chili, and so I stopped with the chili but kept up with the onion rings. And uh, she was just a delight because she just enjoyed uh, having me come and and bring those things for her. Another memory I have of her was not quite so pleasant. Um, it's funny now, but it wasn't then. And uh, it had to do with our dog, our dog Barney. Uh, Jan and I had been married just a short time, and uh, we were living in a one-bedroom apartment above a garage in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where we were college students. And I thought it would be fun uh, to surprise Janet for her birthday with a dog. And one of her friends knew where we could get a dog out in the out in the farm somewhere, and she drove me out there. And we picked up this beagle, and we called him Barney. Never told the landlady that we had this dog, and she was very kind about that too. But Barney was a terrible dog, and I didn't realize you shouldn't have beagles in one-bedroom apartments above a garage. Well, anyway, we had Barney for a while, and we had come back home. Um, uh, for a visit, uh, and we were at Janet's uh, mom's, and I told her, I said, you know, when we have Barney in the house, you got to be really careful not to open the door, because anytime he sees an open door, he escapes. And she nodded her head, and within five minutes, uh, she had opened the door, and Barney went out the, out the door like grease lightning. And I was really irritated, so I had to go find Barney, And they were kind of watching me go down the street calling Barney, Barney. And it was the middle of summertime, and I was wearing these shorts. And I remember finding Barney and got him to come over to me. And I bent over to grab him and to bring him home when the seat of my pants, uh, my shorts, split in half. And it was quite embarrassing. And And I came back, and everybody was laughing. They were just laughing at me. And it was funny. Uh, it's funny now, but it wasn't. It wasn't then. 
But I just remember her laughter, too. She just thought that was great fun, even though she was the one that had caused the problem. I have since forgiven her for that. I also remember uh, some wonderful things about Elda all around mealtime. She had us over for, for dinner uh, so many times, and you know, it really reduced our, our food bill. Especially memorable were all the Thanksgiving dinners we had at our house. They were just a lot of fun. Lots of food, lots of laughter, lots of talking. And then one custom developed, I don't know how, but it, it, it did. And it had to do with what we called the hysterectomy story. It seems that when Janet was in high school, shortly before Thanksgiving, her mother developed some um, blood clots and had to be taken to the hospital, which um, eventually led to her having a, a hysterectomy. And because of this happened all at around Thanksgiving time, uh, people would start talking about it and remembering details so very differently. Well, I came late to the party regarding this particular event when it actually occurred, but it was great fun for me to every year to bring this up about the hysterectomy story because they all remember the details so differently. Occasionally, Janet's aunt, her Aunt Tessie, would come over, and uh, she was Elda's sister, and she remembered it very differently, too, and she was quite opinionated and would really want to make sure that everyone believed her version of the story, and it would just evolve into just uh, lots of loud talking, not yelling, but eventually people would calm down and, and say, why are we even talking about this? But it came up every year, and Elda just smiled through the whole thing. I think she enjoyed the... The, the raucous uh, recounting of the of the events. Anyway, that's one of the great memories I have of, of Elda and how wonderful she made Thanksgiving, not just the food, but just her concern for everybody that they were having a good time. And the last story I'll share that I remembered uh, in particular is something that's happened uh, more recently. When Janet's father passed away, uh, they were living together in a semi-assisted living place, more of an apartment than anything. Well, Elda could no longer take care of herself, uh, and so we found an assisted living place, not the one she's at now, but a different one. And she was going along fine there. She was um, across the hall from a, a woman who she had befriended by the name of Joyce. Well, Elda and Joyce got along famously, and in some respects a little too famously, because on one occasion... We got a call from the uh, administrator of this assisted living uh, facility saying, um, we have a problem. We're having a problem with your mother. Uh, she and Joyce um, have developed a drinking problem, and um, they're staying up way late at night, and there's wine bottles all over the place, and could you please have a talk with your mother? It felt like we had kids in college, like they were uh, somehow causing problems in a dorm. Elda had never been anything more than a social drinker and certainly not someone with a drinking problem. But here we were dealing with our elderly mother and mother-in-law with a drinking problem that had developed because she was hanging around with the wrong crowd in the assisted living facility. All these stories of my mother-in-law just reminded me how fortunate I've been to have her in my life. She's been a great blessing to me and to Janet and to our kids and grandkids in so many different ways. Well, anyway, back to that um, 
Mother's Day afternoon just recently. Janet had gotten her mother to sing, You Are My Sunshine, and then she even got her mother to start doing motions to the song. Elda even added motions on her own to a second verse I didn't know even existed. And it reminded me of when I did motions to the same song, You Are My Sunshine, with our infant daughter Jennifer when she was quite young. It was our favorite, at least for me. So there it was, mother and daughter, Janet and Elda, singing. And the memory of our own daughter, Jennifer, which painted for me a picture of three generations of the really important women in my life. Seeing the love and tenderness and kindness that Janet and her mother showed to each other lifted my spirits and lifted me out of the funk I was in. It was like the hot summer sun evaporating the morning fog in our neighborhood. That's how it seemed how my mood lifted in seeing Janet and her mom relating each other. They were both so kind to one another. Kindness begets kindness, and to see it on display as I did with Janet and her mom embedded a sweet memory in my soul that I won't soon forget. What I learned that day from watching my wife and mother-in-law was that instead of dwelling on what I lacked in other relationships, to instead appreciate and be thankful for what I did have in this one very important relationship. It took the sting out of what was missing. And it can work the same for you, too. All of this leads us to the big idea of today's episode, a summary of the show in a sentence. And it is this. When some of our relationships are lacking and getting us down, it helps to remind ourselves of the ways other relationships have enriched our lives. I want to tell you about a way that you can respond to today's show and to put this principle into practice. One of the closing scenes of the documentary film about Mr. Rogers, Won't You Be My Neighbor?, the narrator asks the people in the documentary who knew and worked with Mr. Rogers to take one minute to think of someone in their life who has encouraged them and believed in them. The scene then becomes silent, showing people just thinking. The cameras pan in to get close-ups of their expressions. And then as the people began telling who that person was for them, tears start to trickle down their faces, and down the faces of those of us in the theater as well. It was quite moving. Well, I would like you to do the same thing. Right now, take 60 seconds and think of a person who has deeply influenced you, someone who has believed in you, encouraged you, and brought out the best in you. Think about that person and try to recall as much as you can about how they blessed your life. Then see if that doesn't brighten your mood a little. And if you're up to it, send me an email to tell me who you thought of and what they meant to you. My email address is john at caringforothers.org. I may share your response in future episodes. I hope to hear from you. Well, that's about it for today. I've dedicated this episode of You Were Made for This to honor my mother-in-law on her recent 95th birthday because she has been such an important relationship in my life. She may not have a 96th birthday. We just never know. In next week's episode, 
I'll share the story of a most unusual way some people honored me and how you can do what they did to have fun and honoring someone important in your life. For now, remember the big idea of today's show, our show summary in a sentence. And that is when some of our relationships are lacking and getting us down, it helps to remind ourselves of the way other relationships have enriched our lives. Before we close with our quote of the week, I want to thank you for listening in today. If you found this podcast helpful, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. If you want to get each new weekly episode sent to you automatically, just hit subscribe. When you do this and tell others about the show, it helps us to serve more people by helping them transform their relationships into the best they can be. Now, to close today's program, here's our quote of the week, a quote from Mr. Rogers. Here's what he said. Often when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else.